Section 12 of Dangerous Connections. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dangerous Connections by Pierre Coderlo de la Clos. Section 12. Letters 56 to 60. Letter the 56th. The Présidente de Tourvelle to the Vicomte de Valmont. How, monsieur, would the answer which you ask of me serve you? To believe in your sentiments would not that be one reason the more to fear them? And without attacking or defending their sincerity, does it not suffice, ought it not to suffice for yourself to know that I will not and may not reply to them? Supposing that you were to love me really, and it is only to prevent a return to this subject that I consent to this supposition, would the obstacles which separate us be less insurmountable? And should I have aught else to do but to wish that you might soon conquer this love, and above all to help you with all my power by hastening to deprive you of any hope? You admit yourself that this sentiment is painful when the object which inspires it does not reciprocate. Now you are thoroughly well aware that it is impossible for me to reciprocate, and even if this misfortune should befall me, I should be the more to be pitied, without making you any happier. I hope that you respect me enough not to doubt of that for a moment. Cease, then, I conjure you, cease from troubling a heart to which tranquillity is so necessary. Do not force me to regret that I have known you. Loved and esteemed by a husband, whom I both love and respect, my duty and my pleasure are centred in the same object. I am happy. I must be so. If pleasures more keen exist, I do not desire them. I would not know them. Can there be any that are sweeter than that of being at peace with oneself, of knowing only days that are serene, of sleeping without trouble and awaking without remorse? What you call happiness is but a tumult of the senses, a tempest of passions of which the mere view from the shore is terrible. Ah, why confront these tempests? How dare embark upon a sea covered with the debris of so many thousand shipwrecks? And with whom? No, monsieur, I stay on the shore. I cherish the bonds which unite me to it. I would not break them if I could. Were I not held by them, I should hasten to procure them. Why attach yourself to my life? Why this obstinate resolve to follow me? Your letters, which should be few, succeed each other with rapidity. They should be sensible, and you speak to me in them of nothing but your mad love. You besiege me with your idea more than you did with your person. Removed in one form, you reproduce yourself under another. The things which I asked you not to say you repeat only in another way. It pleases you to embarrass me with captious arguments. You shun my own. I do not wish to answer you. I will answer you no more. How you treat the women whom you have seduced! With what contempt you speak of them! I would fain believe that some of them deserve it, but are they all, then, so despicable? Ah, doubtless, since they have violated their duties in order to give themselves up to a criminal love. From that moment they have lost everything, even the esteem of him for whom they have sacrificed everything. The punishment is just, but the mere idea makes one tremble. What matters it, after all? Why should I occupy myself with them or with you? By what right do you come to trouble my tranquillity? Leave me, 
see me no more do not write to me again i beg you i demand it of you this letter is the last which you shall receive from me at the chateau de blank fifth september seventeen blank letter the fifty seventh the vicomte de valmont to the marquise de merteuil i found your letter yesterday on my arrival your anger quite delighted me you could not have had a more lively sense of danceny's delinquencies if they had been exercised against yourself it is no doubt out of vengeance that you get his mistress into the habit of showing him slight infidelities you are a very wicked person yes you are charming and i am not surprised that you are more irresistible than danceny at last i know him by heart this pretty hero of romance he has no more secrets for me i have told him so often that virtuous love was the supreme good that one emotion was worth ten intrigues that i was myself at this moment amorous and timid he found in me in short a fashion of thinking so conformable with his own that in the enchantment which he felt at my candour he told me everything and vowed me a friendship without reserve <sighs> we are no more advanced for that in our project at first it seemed to me that he went on the theory that a young girl demands much more consideration than a woman in that she has more to lose he thinks above all that nothing can justify a man for putting a girl into the necessity of marrying him or living dishonoured when the girl is far richer than the man which is the case in which he finds himself the mother's sense of security the girl's candour all this intimidates and arrests him the difficulty would not be simply to dispute these arguments however true they may be with a little skill and helped by passion they would soon be destroyed all the more in that they tend to be ridiculous and one would have the sanction of custom on one's side but what hinders one from having any hold over him is that he is happy as he is indeed if a first love appears generally more virtuous and as one says purer if at least its course is slower it is not as people think from delicacy or shyness it is that the heart astonished at an unknown emotion halts so to speak at every step to relish the charm which it experiences and that this charm is so potent over a young heart that it occupies it to such an extent that it is unmindful of every other pleasure that is so true that a libertine in love 
if such may befall a libertine becomes from that instant in less haste for pleasure in fact between danceny's behaviour towards the little volange and my own towards the more prudish madame de tourvel there is but a shade of difference it would have needed to warm our young man more obstacles than he has encountered above all that there should have been need for more mystery for mystery begets boldness i am coming to believe that you have hurt us by serving him so well your conduct would have been excellent with a man of experience who would have only felt desires but you might have foreseen that with a young man who is honourable and in love the greatest value of favours is that they should be the proof of love and consequently that the surer he were of being beloved the less enterprising he would become what is to be done at present i know nothing but i have no hope that the child will be caught before marriage and we shall have wasted our time i am sorry for it but i see no remedy whilst i am thus discoursing you are doing better with your chevalier that reminds me that you have promised me an infidelity in my favour i have your promise in writing and i do not want it to be a dishonoured draught i admit that the date of payment has not yet come but it would be generous of you not to wait for that and on my side i would take charge of the interest what do you say my lovely friend are you not tired of your constancy is this chevalier then such a miracle oh give me my way i will indeed compel you to admit that if you have found some merit in him it is because you have forgotten me oh farewell my lovely friend i embrace you with all the ardour of my desire i defy all the kisses of the chevalier to contain as much at fifth september seventeen Letter the fifty-eighth, the Vicomte de Valmont to the Présidente de Tourvel. Pray, madame, how have I deserved the reproaches which you make me, and the anger which you display? The liveliest attachment, and withal the most respectful, the most entire submission to your least wishes there in two words is the history of my sentiments and my conduct oppressed by the pains of an unhappy love i had no other consolation than that of seeing you you bade me deprive myself of that i obeyed you without permitting myself a murmur as a reward for this sacrifice you allowed me to write to you 
and to-day you would rob me of that solitary pleasure shall i see it ravished from me without seeking to defend it no without a doubt oh, how should it not be dear to my heart it is the only one which remains to me and i owe it to you my letters you say are too frequent but reflect i beseech you that during the ten days of my exile i have not passed one moment without thinking of you and that yet you have only received two letters from me i only speak to you of my love oh, what can i say save that which i think all that i could do was to weaken the expression of that and you can believe me that i only let you see what it was impossible for me to hide finally you threaten me that you will no longer reply to me thus the man who prefers you to everybody and who respects you even more than he loves you not content with treating him with severity you would add to it your contempt and why these threats and this anger what need have you of them are you not sure of being obeyed even when your orders are unjust is it possible for me then to dispute even one of your desires have i not already proved it but will you abuse this empire which you have over me after having rendered me unhappy after having become unjust will you find it so easy then to enjoy that tranquillity which you assure me is so necessary to you will you never say to yourself he has made me mistress of his fate and i have made him unhappy he implored my aid and i looked at him without pity do you know to what point my despair may carry me no to be able to appreciate my sufferings you would need to know the extent to which i love you and you do not know my heart to what do you sacrifice me to chimerical fears and who inspires them in you a man who adores you a man over whom you will never cease to hold an absolute empire what do you fear what can you fear from a sentiment over which you will ever be mistress to direct as you will but your imagination creates monsters for itself and you attribute the fright which they cause you to love a little confidence and these phantoms will disappear a wise man said that to dispel fears it is almost always sufficient to penetrate into their causes note we believe it was rousseau in emile but the quotation is not exact and the application which valmont makes of it entirely false and then had madame de tourvel read emile 
it is in love especially that this truth finds its application love and your fears will vanish in the place of objects which affright you you will find a delicious emotion a lover tender and submissive and all your days marked by happiness will leave you no other regret than that of having lost any by indifference i myself since i repented of my errors and exist only for love regret a time which i thought i had passed in pleasure and i feel that it lies with you alone to make me happy oh but i beseech you let not the pleasure which i take in writing to you be disturbed by the fear of displeasing you i would not disobey you but i am at your knees it is there i claim the happiness of which you would rob me the only one which you have left me i cry to you heed my prayers and behold my tears oh madame will you refuse me at seventh september seventeen letter the fifty ninth the vicomte de valmont to the marquise de merteuil oh tell me if you know what is the meaning of this effusion of danceny what has happened to him and what has he lost has his fair one perchance grown vexed with his eternal respect oh, one must be just we should be vexed for less what am i to say to him this evening at the rendezvous which he asks of me and which i have given him at all costs assuredly i will not waste my time in listening to his complaints if that is to lead us new whither amorous complaints are not good to hear save in a recitato obbligato or arietta let me know then what it is and what i have to do or really i shall desert to avoid the tedium which i foresee shall i be able to have a talk with you this morning if you are engaged at least send me a word and give me the cues to my part where were you yesterday pray i never succeed in seeing you now truly it was not worth the trouble of keeping me in paris in the month of september make up your mind however as i have just received a very pressing invitation from the comtesse de bay to go and see her in the country and as she tells me humorously enough her husband has the finest woods in the world which he carefully preserves for the pleasure of his friends now you know i have certainly some rights over the woods in question and i shall go and revisit them if i am of no use to you 
adieu remember danceny will be with me about four o'clock paris eighth september seventeen letter the sixtieth the chevalier danceny to the vicomte de valmont enclosed in the preceding letter ah monsieur i am in despair i have lost all i dare not confide to writing the secret of my woes but i feel a need to unburden them in the ear of a sure and trusty friend at what hour could i see you and ask you for advice and consolation i was so happy on the day when i opened my soul to you now what a difference all is changed with me what i suffer on my own account is but the least part of my torments my anxiety on behalf of a far dearer object that is what i cannot support happier than i you will be able to see her and i count on your friendship not to refuse me this favour but i must see you and instruct you you will pity me you will help me i have no hope save in you you are a man of sensibility you know what love is and you are the only one in whom i can confide do not refuse me your aid adieu monsieur the only alleviation of my pain is the reflection that such a friend as yourself is left to me let me know i beg you at what hour i can find you if it's not this morning i should like it to be early in the afternoon paris eighth of september in seventeen end of section twelve